Another edition of the Behind the You podcast, and I got a special face on the other side. My boy, you school, I think before you school, at Miami together, and uh, back as, as proud to say the wide receiver coach at the University of Miami, Kevin Beard, joining us on the Behind the You podcast. Sir, good evening, hello, and thank you for doing this. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. You know, uh, when you called and said you want to jump on the air with me, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to make time for my guy. Can I get a my boy? My boy. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, yeah. just share with us a little bit the life, the life that people don't know, right? Like hired, travel here. What, like what we are taping this in the, not too late, but later in the evening, because why? Well, right now I'm in the process of trying to find a house, looking to purchase a car. <laughs> and uh, my family is still in Ohio. And, you know, when it comes to buying houses, it's very difficult to do that with your wife not being here. And she has a lot of questions and has a lot of thoughts and ideas. And so that's going, it's, it's looking like it's going to take a while. <laughs> I got you. Okay. So Mr. Beard, alumni. And a coach and an employee at Miami once before. How happy are you? I'm excited. I'm excited. And you know what? Uh, more than anything, as I was in Toledo, I kind of developed this, this thought process when it comes to recruiting. And this applies now more than ever before. And I call it the restaurant and kitchen experience. And what happens in the recruiting process, most schools they showed the restaurant, the five-star appearance, the service, the white cloth tables, the the intimate, hey, anything I can do to serve you. As soon as you take a sip of water, somebody's filling you up again. <laughs> They're asking, are you, are you thirsty? Can I help you? And everybody's doing everything they can to cater to you. You know, the stadium, the uniform combinations, the restaurant. And what happens is when you sign that letter of intent, you're signing up to work in the kitchen, but they don't know that or they don't see it that way. So when they sign up and they get to the school, they're waiting for this restaurant experience and it's time to work in the kitchen. Somebody has to mop, somebody has to sweep, somebody has to wash the dishes. You know, somebody has to do the dirty work to put on for the restaurant. And so for me, um, it's exciting to be back home, exciting to put this college shirt back on and have this you right here on my heart. But at the end of the day, it's time to go to work. And that's that's my mindset. I got, well, it probably fits with your head coach. Absolutely. And just, just talking with them and the interview process, uh, you know, a lot of people try to say, uh, oh, he's a grinder. Oh, he 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 works so hard. Oh, he man, listen, I don't know anybody that's winning that's not a grinder. I don't know about, I don't know anyone that's winning that's not addicted to recruiting from every aspect. And so um, that's what I know as a player. Uh, that's what I know as a coach. So it just it just fits in with my character. And, and and what I'm looking for in a head coach. So it's just made an easy process. 
No, I thought when you're giving me the restaurant analogy, I thought you were going to go to this. And I'm sure this is important to you as well, Mr. Beard, knowing you as long as I've known you, which is, you know, and these things are important. We're not going to dismiss these. Right. But, you know, nice restaurant, you know, beautiful decor service is high class. But I thought what you were going to say, I thought you were going to go to this, which is at the end of the day, it's about me and you, right? The relationship what what's real what's what's you know what i mean like it's not about the pretty things it's about you and me and i know you pride yourself on your relationships absolutely and you know i i just say that all goes into the mopping the sweeping the washing the dishes doing the things that i want to spend time with my family but this kid's having some issues and i have to help him out and then 2 weeks later you find out everything's smooth everything's back to normal and and it was like you helped them through those situations, but those are the hard, the hard times where guys they want their time to be their time, and that's not this business. So, Mr. Beard, how does this process go down? Are you the recipient of a phone call? Are you the maker of a phone call? What? How did this start? Oh man, um, well, it all started with uh, Coach Candle. I didn't hear anything, and one day I'm in my office. Business as usual, and Coach Candle comes in and he says, uh, Coach Cristobal called and wants to reach out and wants to possibly bring me on the interview. And I was like, finally, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after hearing all the the social media and all that, um, he reached out, made contact, and, and set up the visit and was excited about the interview. You came down? Yes. Yeah. So I've down. heard Mario was on, I think he was on with Josh Pate, who does something for 247 Sports called Lake Kick. And he, he wasn't talking about you. This was actually when he got hired. He described the interview process and he said it's pretty in depth. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where the growth as a professional foot, college football coach, I think that's where that kicked in. Um, I was able to. For you. For you. Yeah. Yes, for me, uh, because I was able to explain to other coaches my progression as a on-the-field coach and an off-the-field coach. And I think it was so clear and precise that they walked away. They really didn't have any questions as far as does he, can he handle, is it too much for him? They knew, they knew I had the answers that I needed for, for the job. Now, and he I also mentioned that, in that interview that by lunchtime, he's you guys have worked up a sweat. You're only halfway through, but we've worked up a good sweat just getting after it. So was it, is it pretty intense? You know what? For me, it was game time. So <laughs> I wasn't hungry. I wasn't thirsty. It was, it was go. It's like, hey, you need a break? Nope, don't need a break. I'm ready. It was like, hey, let's, let's take a five minute. Come on back. Cool. I, as everybody went to go take a break, I stood in the room and just socialized with um, whoever stayed in. They gave me some feedback on what, what I had talked about previously. And they were all telling me, like, man, doing a good job. Yeah. And, and so and what I did was I started asking guys in the room questions. So you were with you Mario know? and others. Yes. Yeah, so it was the offensive staff. I got you. Yeah. Instead of taking it into a. Uh, account like I'm being interviewed I flipped it and I started interviewing everybody <laughs> I started asking questions 
and, and tried to make it as as comfortable for myself as I could so I can just be myself. And how long from that point till you got the call that said the job is yours or I want it to be yours? It had to be at least a week. How was that week? Oh, man. You, you know what? <laughs> the, the honest thought in that for that week was I have a job. I have a job already. And I'm a true, I'm a firm believer. I'm going to be where my feet are. And so if you take care of where you are right now, everything else will take care of itself. But you so, were, there wasn't a little bit of just, come on, I want to come home. I hope this works. Yes, yes, it was. I, I can honestly say it was. But deep down inside, I, I, I've i been there for five years. Um, I, I, I developed such deep relationships with my players and not just with my players, with other positions and with coaches on the staff. And so I just felt like, if that opportunity coming to back to Miami, if it's for me, then God will allow it to happen. If it's not, then it wasn't meant for it to be. So I, I just tried to keep an even keel mindset because you, you can't get too high and get too low because if it doesn't happen, now I'm, I'm in Toledo like, man, I'm looking at walls. I'm sitting around like, man, I'm stuck here. Nope, I'm here. Let's go. Time to go, time to work. And so that was like my mindset on a day-to-day basis. And but from there. when the call comes, you weren't just looking at the walls. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> when that call came, it was like, let's go. Now he, he reached out to me that morning. He told me that he's offered me the job. And so, like I said, it's business as usual. So he let me know. And then um, he, he stated that uh, he was going to contact Coach Candle. And let him know, try to do it respectfully. And so I didn't say anything. And I went to went to Matt Drills and he sent him a text because he tried to call and he couldn't, he didn't get through. Sent him a text. And so once he told me he called and sent him a text, then I just followed through, followed, followed it up with with uh conversation. And then uh from there started to tell my guys. And you know, I think what was that like? It was it was, you know, it was really cool. I told my guys, and the best part about it, from day one, I've been telling my guys, control what you can control, and everything else will happen exactly how you want it to happen. Everything that I've been preaching for five years, it just came to life right in front of of them. So now that made my words mean that much more. And, And so they were excited for me. They were happy for me because they knew I was going back home. And, um, I put the work in. I, I was where my feet were. I gave them everything I had every single day. And so they know I didn't cheat them. And so at that point, they were excited for me. And, you know, you had guys like, dang, man, what am I going to do? But they knew that I left them with everything I had. And it was up to them to get everything out of it, out of the situation. And so it was really good to get it text messages and calls from parents and, and high school coaches, how how I how I've impacted their son's life in, in ways that I can't imagine. And they wish they had more time with with me. So, you know, I just it just showed me that I took advantage of my opportunities while I had them here and I made the best out of them. 
When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! So you, you started going down this path before we started recording this, and I made you stop because I, this is actually what I wanted to get into, in part because I worked with you when you were the receiver coach the first time uh, at the University of Miami. And you kind of touched on it briefly in the, uh, when you were talking about the interview process that you, know, that you had uh, probably a better grasp of just could you, if you, you know, do I, all that stuff. How much have you grown? How much have you changed? Uh, and how much has that experience at Toledo five years running your room, owning your room, made you a better coach? Yes. Um, so when I was when I was in back in 2014, when I first came to Miami, um, I was the, in operations, assistant director of operations. So I'm coming from being a wide receiver coach and a, a trainer. I can tell you I'm a master technician of the wide receiver position run game protections game planning scheming that's what the offensive coordinator does from where i was at prior to and so when i first got to miami i was a wide receiver coach that's what they needed me to be at the time they didn't need me to game plan um as much they just needed me to develop the wide receivers in the room and get them to go out there and produce and so that was my thought process of what being a college receiver coach was. As I continued and we, we got let go in 15 and I ended up going to Georgia and then I ended up going to the University of Tennessee. And it was almost like, this is like big time SEC ball. And, and now this is it's not about being a wide receiver coach anymore. This is about being a ball coach and knowing everything, big picture thinking. And so for me, it was it was an eye opener because I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and that's the awesome part, because I had to experience that because now dealing with these young men coming into college, being the best, being the strongest, being the fastest, they don't know what they don't know. And they don't know how to receive them. Because they're so used to being the man. And a lot of times you have to teach them the things that they don't know before they actually get to a point where they can fail. So when they get to that point and they fail, they don't fall. They just fail and they use it as a learning curve. And, and you know, one of the biggest things I learned is I want to eliminate the fear of failure. That was the, one of the biggest things I learned. I want to teach my guys how to eliminate the fear of failure because what happens when you're afraid to fail, you don't even try. And so you have to instill that into them if they drop a ball. Hey, how you drop that ball? What happened? Man, stupid, man. I dropped it. They mad at themselves. They're mad because everybody's looking at them like they should have caught the ball. Listen, how did you drop it? I don't know, bro. Listen, you cannot catch what you cannot see. you got to look the ball in. Moving forward, another player drops the ball. 
Now I hear them say, hey, you can't catch what you can't see. Oh, in my mind, I he didn't want to hear what when I told him. But now he's telling another player. And next thing you know, everybody's telling everybody whenever a ball is dropped, you can't catch what you can't see. Now they start looking the ball in more. Now it's less drops. Now there's progression and everybody's happy. So it's almost like I learned how to take failure and flip it and turn it into real success because no one is successful in life without failing. And so that's kind of the, the thought process um, that I've learned just learning about the protections and the run game and coverages and game planning and just how to uh, manage a, a room, be, be the head coach of your position uh, for the most part. How quickly did you know when you got to Georgia and Tennessee what you didn't know? It hit me like a ton of bricks in Tennessee. We, we game plan together. Staff, and, you know, when it came to the run game, it was like, whatever you guys call, I'm going to teach my guys to block it. And there was no – I didn't have any anything to give towards the run game from a game plan perspective. And so – and a lot of people won't admit these things. I don't have enough – I don't – I'm not too proud to admit because there's so many guys in my shoes that are out there that have the same issue and they don't know what they don't know. So if I can help them find that out, realize that about themselves now – it can save them later on. And I think that's what some guys just, they're, they're afraid to fail. They won't even admit when they're, when they don't know. You had at Toledo five years, four years, you were the receiver coach. So you had your own room and you finally had more than a year. How helpful was it to grow into a job, into a room, into a position that you could have a, a comfort level that this was, this was mine. Yes. Um, and how much has that helped you? How much did that help you for where you are today, being back? So being at being at Toledo, in the last six years, we've had eight guys drafted. That's more than a lot of Power Five schools, Big Ten, everywhere. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot more than a lot of Power Five schools. And what we have to do, we have to develop guys, and the type of talent that we get, they're going to be small and fast. They're going to be big and stiff. They're going to be big, fast, and stiff. Like, it's going to be something that you have to coach and develop. You're going to have DBs that are big and, and fast, but, again, they're stiff in the hips. They don't have too good of feet. And the biggest issue you're going to have is you're going to get guys that have all the talent and all the ability, but emotionally and psychologically, they're a little jacked up. And you have to learn how to reach those kids and get the best out of them. You have to be an academic advisor. You have to be a, a mentor. You got to be a psychologist. You, you, you got to be a dad. You got to be a friend. You got to be so many things in that one role. And you can complain about it or you could just get better from it. And I think that's one of the things that being at Toledo taught me. It taught me how to recruit the guys I want learn the type of guys I want through conversations and asking the right questions to get the answers I need to hear to find out, is this guy for me? Like, I recruit guys to find out if I really want them or not. Because at the end of the day, when he comes in, it's not like he's a free agent I can cut him. I'm stuck with him. So I want to build a relationship with these young men so I can find out, is this the type of guy I want to coach? 
Is this a guy that really loves football? Is he going to listen? Is he going to apply what he's listening to? And does he work hard? And you have to find out those things. And like those four years were great experience for me because I ironed out all those wrinkles to where now I find myself on this level. And it's like, hey, I can have a conversation with a kid. And I know that he's a highly recruited guy and all that, those things. That kid doesn't like to work. That kid hates the weight room. That kid doesn't, he's, he's, he's uncoachable. He thinks he knows it all. He thinks he's already arrived. I can foresee those things through conversation and get more insight on guys. So it's, it's helped in the ways that, you know, it's hard to even express altogether. So what do you, obviously talent's talent, right? But what do you value if you're recruiting your room? So let's just say talent. I don't even consider talent to be talent because I wouldn't have a conversation with you if you didn't have talent, right? So the three things I'm always looking into is do they listen? How do you do they know work that? hard? How do you know if they listen? Because I don't I don't have I don't have five minute conversations with guys. I, I don't just call and say, How you doing? How was your day? Did you work out? What's the plans for the weekend? Hey, all right, I, I give you a call a little later on this week. Just wanted to call and touch base with you. Like, no, I, I can't do that because, again, I have to know what type of human being you are. So we're going to have conversations. I'm going to ask questions. I, I want you to ask questions. I, I want you to recruit me the same way I'm recruiting you so you don't get bamboozled and I don't get bamboozled. You know, so I, I just I just try to take this as a if this is a business and I'm a business and their business and we're merging together, I need this to be equal, this 50-50 to make this a hundred. If this is 60-40, me 60, them 40, I, I want this more for you than you want for yourself. It's it's gonna be hard. So what are the other things then? So we got we gotta listen. You gotta apply what you're listening to, and you gotta work hard. And based off of what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, I'm going to find out. I'm going to hear it, whether you work hard or not. The coach is going to tell me whether you work hard or not. Your teammates are going to tell me whether you work hard or not. The English teacher is going to tell me whether you work hard or not. I'm going to find out. As a young man, if your parent can't get you to clean your room, wash the dishes, take the garbage out, like, bro, what are we doing? Like, they take care of you. They provide for you. They make sure you have those Jordans on. They make sure you got a roof over your head. And you can't do the things that they're asking you to do. I'm not doing any of those things for you. What? Who am I? So, you know, once I explain to them that thought process, and then I talk to the parents, and the parents like, Coach, I don't know what happened, but he's been on it. I've been thinking that he's trying to – he wants something from us, but he he's starting to figure it out and do things the right way. Now I can hear he listens. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes, you know, this might go out to the world and people get insight on how you do things. Listen, what God has for you is for you and nobody can stop it. And so um, I just, I give everybody every game plan, every thought, every idea that I come up with because at the end of the day, you got to be you and I got to be me. So that just works for me.
Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. So I imagine all the so what you just said now about your experience at Toledo, all the things that you got to do, how you got to grow. I think the biggest thing you said was you got to work some stuff out, right? To get yep. the wrinkles out. Absolutely. Take me back now to the conversation when you're in the room with Coach Cristobal, the offensive staff. I would imagine your self-confidence, right? Like you you were Kevin Beard receiver coach versus maybe Kevin Beard when you started. Even though you had the same title, you were a different person. So in the, in the interview, I talked about receiver play. I talked about protections. I talked about progressions. I talked about defense. I drew on the board an offense, the hashes, the defense, the D-line, the linebackers. You know, and I just explained through concepts. My first year coaching, I, I didn't know that's what you had to do. You know, uh, and it's almost like you're supposed to know those types of things. And again, it just goes back my relationships with the, the players and my ability to connect with them and their families. That's what made it easy for everything else to happen. How'd you get connected Correct. to Coach Candle? To be honest with you, it was one day I was at St. Thomas High School recruiting. And uh, Roger Harriet, he told me, he said, Pointed to Jason Candle, and he said, that's going to be the, the next big-time guy. And I was like, yeah. So he introduced us. When I got to Miami, Candle was the offensive coordinator at Toledo. And he reached out to me, and he asked, could he come to a camp? And so I set it up. He came to the camp, and it doesn't matter who you are. If I invited you or, or you called me and you got here through me, I just, I just, all I know is to take care of my guys, you know? And so um, throughout that day, I just made sure he was comfortable. I was made sure, I made sure he knew where all the players were at, um, who he should be recruiting, connected him to those players and those coaches and just, Hey, we got lunch. Hey coach, I brought you something to eat. Like just really did my thing as far as taking care of him from a, just being a good, good human being. And um, when we got let go from Tennessee, a uh, Jeremy Pruitt came in and had a big staff meeting and he let everybody go at the same time. And so uh, from there, it was like, okay, what's the next move? And he called me out of the blue and he said, Hey, I don't know what I, what I'm gonna hire you as, uh, but I want you in the building. And from there, he brought me in as a director of player development and that was it. It was, it was, it was a wrap from there. So you own the lot. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do. And, and I'll be honest with you. What I gave him was I'm an honest dude. I was actually going to say, besides loyalty, I would say honest dude. That goes a long way too <laughs> in this business. Yeah. And so for me, when I was in my time at Toledo, I can honestly say that's that's who I was. 
I, I found myself turning jobs down. Like I'm good because I'm at Toledo because this guy gave me a chance when nobody else did. And, and so um, I think that it, it worked hand in hand. You know, like I said, he, he, he did me a favor and I gave a favor back to him from a standpoint of giving him everything I had to, to accomplish what we accomplished. They won the MAC championship the year before I got there. And that's been the, you know, the constant dream goal and aspiration is to do it again. And we actually had a chance to do that again um, this past season. So it kind of came full circle. Mr. Beard, you, um, you mentioned before, before you got the job at Miami, right? You were a receiver coach and a trainer. Mm -hmm. Two things. Did you have aspirations? Did you want to get in the college ball? I did. I didn't know how. And I was afraid because I'm a family guy. And I, I mean, when some guys, when they get off work, they go to the bar, they go hang out. I'm, I'm trying to get home and, and spend time with my kids. And at the time, my kids were young. So it's like I hit the door, my daughter comes running to the door. It, it was it, that's there's no better feeling than that. And so I've talked to other coaches and they've 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 spoken about the long hours and all those things. And as I begin to look at myself coaching high school ball, and then after practice, I'd have a training session and I find myself still coming home at 8 30, 9 o'clock. And I'm not getting compensated like I would if I was in college. And so the biggest advice I got in that situation was, hey, if you want to go to the next level, you got to tell somebody. Nobody knows what you want to do if you don't tell anyone. Who's you? So, so wait, wait, wait. Who gave you that advice? I would say Chad Wilson, uh, Larry Scott, Hurley Brown. Now, there's some, a lot of guys now. Darnell Bennett, um, Lorenzo Davis who was the head coach at Dillard at the time. Yeah. All those guys I interact with throughout the process. Uh, I would I was doing the Dolphin Academy. Uh, I met uh, Troy Drayton, Juan Russell. Like, all those guys really saw a light in me. Like, KB, you got something, bro. Like, you you could do big things with this. And, and so the more they talked that up in me, like, man, yeah, but you got to think about getting on this next level. And so that's what kind of pushed me to start talking about it more. So then who'd you tell? They told you, you got to tell someone, who'd you tell? You know, the first person I told was Larry Scott. When Larry he was at Scott, Miami. Um, so LeVar Scott, yes. Oh, LeVar, LeVar was your Scott teammate. is Larry Scott's brother, yep. which was my teammate at Miami. And so every year, LeVar does a summer camp back at his high school. And He'd ask former players, and every year, I didn't care if he was if he was paying me. I didn't care what I was going to see bring Florida to support my guy Lavar. And every year, Larry would show up after the camp. We'd go to Lavar's house, and we'd we'd have a get together. This one time, this one night, me and Larry just sat outside in the garage, and we just talked, and I told him all about it. And he was like, he saw me grind with LeVar at LeVar's camps. And I wasn't getting paid any money, but I was out there like I was getting paid millions. And he's just like, 
man, that dude, he's a worker. He's passionate. He really loves what he's doing. It doesn't matter what age it is. He just loves what he's doing. So the job opportunity came open to be the assistant director of operations. And Larry, Hurley Brown, and James Cody, those three guys called me and, and told me that I, they think it would be a good idea for me to take that job. And then and there we go. And then it started. Yep. Then you were on the crazy yep. carousel. Then you had to start telling yep. your wife every year we're moving. <laughs> you know what? She got to the point where she was like, hey, we're good. Let's move. Let's move. You know, she was she was really all in because she she saw the passion that I have for it. And and I really love doing what I do. What do you love about coaching? This this is the biggest thing. I want to help these kids be great husbands, great fathers, and great mentors in society. That's that's the biggest thing. And I use football to get their attention. And then I ex exemplify what I'm talking on a daily basis. So a lot of these guys, they haven't had really good examples. And so when they see this guy come to work every day and he has a smile on his face, and no matter what happens, he's so excited and so energetic. Like, Coach, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Why are you so happy? Hey, bro, I don't have to. I don't got to do this. I get to do this. And that's like, that's the saying that I keep telling the guys. You don't got to do this. You get to do this. So live your life like you get to do something that a, a bunch of people in the world wish they could. Um, did you know Mario? You must have known Mario, right? Yes, Mario he was a this. GA. He was a GA when, when you were there, there, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what did you remember about him from then? I mean, he's O-line, you're receiver, so I don't know how much you interacted. No, I guess you can say what I remember is the standard. It's almost like the standard is the standard. And that's what we all understand Miami to be. When if I meet someone and they say they went to UM, it's like I light up like somebody knows what I'm talking about when I talk. And, and, you know, that's the thought process. And I think him being there and him playing and him winning and him coming back and becoming a coach and then going off to do uh, some really good things, I think he saw himself in me because the best growth is getting out of your comfort zone and moving and going away from home and really defining and learning yourself. And then when you get a chance to come back, Man, it's almost like you've been preparing for this moment because here it is. You're ready to seize the opportunity. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So the standard is the standard. What is the standard? If it's UM, what's the standard? Man, <laughs> accountability, hard work. One fall, we all fall. Like, there's so many different sayings, like, can't go, can't go. So I know that probably, that's probably something you probably remember in the uh, in the 30 for 30s, like, 
if we look at each other and we say, you can't go. If he looks at you and say, I can't go, hey, he can't go. If he look at you and say, I can go, I know he going. You know, it's just, it's just that heart. It's just that competitive, like we're competing, we're playing bowling, we're shooting pool, we're playing video games. We are competing at all costs and I am at your head because I want to win. Like that's that's the mindset, that's the standard. And I think we have to get that established. And like I said, it's for us to put on a product that exemplifies that, that makes guys say, let's bring this thing back. It's funny, you just said uh, it's on us to show others, right? What we're doing mm -hmm. and almost prove ourselves to make ourselves worthy of attracting the people both probably on the field and in the stands that are that we've earned their respect, so to speak. And absolutely. And, and not to put words in your mouth, Alonzo Highsmith was on here, did this podcast, and he said the exact same thing. He said, you know what, people, they might mock my not the school, but the city because it's a professional town. And he said, no, that's on us. That's on us. This is how this town is. Then that's on us. We got to prove it, earn it. That's the accountability, I guess. But he took he he took ownership of it in a good way, and and I feel like you're saying the same thing. Think about it. That's the first word I said. Accountability, because nobody wants to take accountability for things that go wrong, but everybody wants to take accountability for everything that goes good. That's the part of it. You have to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And for us as hurricane football players, to some people playing, walking on that field, running out of that smoke, that may feel or be uncomfortable for a lot of people. That's, that'll make them nervous. That'll make them have jitters. They're, they're like, uh, this is showtime. It's time to put on the show for all these people to see and embrace. And so for us, we've learned how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that's what that's what's allowed us to have the success we've had, whether on the field or off the field, um, in life. You said uh, just a few minutes ago, right, that Mario might have saw some of himself in you, right? The growth, going out of your comfort zone, becoming sort of your own being, having your own value, your own, like your own values, like yours. You had an opportunity at Toledo. He had an opportunity at Alabama or, or, or uh, at Oregon, maybe even earlier at FIU. So as you guys got together, forget the interview part. Whenever when, when you guys conversed over the phone, in person, here, as you were going through this process, what did he say about what he wants to do, where he wants you to do, his vision for what is going to happen that really resonated with you and hit home, that got you – forget it, Forget that it's Miami uh, – that got you really excited about doing this being here his exact words i got tired of watching my school look the way they looked and i wanted to be a difference that's it because that's how i felt this has nothing me being at toledo had had nothing to do with miami but as i'm watching from a distance ah what are they doing what's going on can I help? I can't help because I'm not there. So when I'm given opportunity to help, man, let's go. And I'm running to the challenge 
full speed. I'm not limping. I'm not walking. I'm not hesitant. We're offering you a job if you want it. Do you want it? I said, absolutely. Now, normally, you get two or three days to kind of get things settled at your home where you are, and then you fly to the next the next spot. Coast the next morning. I was all packed up, and my flight was that next day afternoon. And that was Wednesday of that week. Knowing that we have we had spring ball was the first day of practice on that Saturday. And so the ball, the ball coach in me that I've learned, like on Saturday when practice begins, nobody cares that I just got hired. Nobody's going to feel sympathy for me. When I get on that field, you better know these plays. You better know what you're talking because these players are are, are watching. And how you going to tell me how to get in this playbook if you not if you don't know it? Like that's when I say full speed, I was I was all in. So what you do? Um, what were those what were those 3 or 4 days like? From that Wednesday was, to that Saturday. Recruiting? Trying to catch up with every recruit that that we were in with that that required no not too much sleep at night. Studying the playbook, trying to get familiar with it because every all the other coaches had about three or four weeks advantage uh, uh, on me, and and just trying to get to know the the players, trying to get to know this new process, really trying to get acclimated with everything that has to do with University of Miami right now. In the very in the little bit you know, what excites you about this? What Shannon Dawson's offense? What excites you? What has you excited about your room in his offense? Oh, man, I've never been a part of an offense that really looks to pass the ball more than they look to run it. It's fast pace. It's high tempo. It's we're going to stretch the field vertically and horizontally. It's it's exciting, and I think I'm excited because. It should excite the the local players, the local uh, high school recruits, to want to play an offense like this. Because over the last probably ten years or so, everybody's been saying, "Man, Miami needs this fast-paced, high-powered offense that's going to let these the speed of South Florida let it let it go." And um, I think Lashley gave us a little insight into that uh, thought process. And he actually gave us a chance to see it visually. And he ended up getting a head coaching job from it. And I think I think what has happened over the years, I would say big picture thinking, everyone in the country has looked down at Miami and they said, Miami is in the heart of college football. And how do we get, how do we get down there? We have to do everything in our power to keep Miami down. Because if we keep Miami down, we can always go in there and pluck everything we want. And I think a couple years ago, Alabama won the national championship. And their entire secondary was from South Florida. And it's like, nobody recognized that. Nobody sees that. But I think they see it. But Miami has to put the product on the field to make these guys want to stay home and win championships back at home. And so that's that's the vision I think Coach Cristobal has, and I believe in it, and, and I'm doing – we're going to do everything in our power 
to to get that going. All right, KB, it was a pleasure. I'm going to let you spend some time with your family. Going to answer a bunch of text messages. Going to talk to your <laughs> wife about a home, get some recruits <laughs> on the horn, have some conversations, and I will see you down at Green Tree. No doubt, no doubt, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, KB, my my boy. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, my friend. Appreciate you doing this on short notice. I'm so happy you are back, and I can't uh, wait to see you in person. No doubt. Same here. See you, buddy. All right, now.